are all those days when Pretoria seems as far away from Johannesburg as the earth is to the sun. The day I'm supposed to meet Professor Peking is one such day. Traffic is snarled for kilometers on end, and the sun is beating down. I arrive at her office ten minutes late, hot, dishevelled, and sweaty after getting lost in the maze that is the Unisa campus. One doesn't want to mess with the schedule of a senior executive and vice principal. But her welcoming manner makes me feel immediately at ease. While Professor Peking is a giant of the academic world, she's pint-sized in person and seems more so against the backdrop of the panoramic views of the capital that her office presents. She's a highly rated scientist, and she enjoys acclaim and recognition here at home and abroad. There's a lot of hard work. I mean, I I I I sleep very little, but I always say there are so many people who work hard. So that's not enough. I think I figured out very early in my career what makes a successful academic career. I think there are many people in the academic space who haven't figured out what makes a successful a, a successful academic career. So they get a doctorate and they think that's it, but actually that's just the license to practice. And then you've got to understand what's the practice, you know. And and I've been lucky to meet people, to work with people, perhaps even to to be humble enough to listen to people who understand the business and work with them and learn from them. But at the same time, it also getting to where I am has also taken other people opening the way for me, creating opportunities for me, holding my hand, cheering, jumping up and down that I should keep going, and, and telling me not to give up when I have to, because nobody succeeds on their own. You know, on your journey, there's always people who hold your hand, and I think I've been lucky to meet the right people to do that. When I say that to my mentor. Who I still have a good relationship with continues to be my mentor, even though he she claims I'm her mentor too. <laughs> Who's your mentor? <laughs> It's Professor Jill Adler. Okay. She's advanced, and and every time I say this to her, and 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 I say, you know, thank you, thank you for for opening the way, for creating a possibility, for holding my hands, for creating an opportunity, for making it work for me, you know, and for being the person that I can look at and see. This is how it can be done, and so thank you. I say thank you to her for playing her game so well mm-hmm. that I learned from it. And she says, "No, no, no, no. But it's you. You were that kind of student. Mm-hmm. You were that kind of person." Mm-hmm. And I say to her, "Just imagine clay. When you make vase, you know a, a potter. Mm-hmm. A potter has got clay, and they've got hands. You can get good quality clay and bad hands. You you cannot produce a quality vase." Yeah. And you can have the best hands and worst quality clay. It will not be the best. So you need both. So as much as she thinks uh, I was just the right person, she says you were going to succeed anyway. I don't think so. I think her hands. I think I I landed into in good quality hands. If I were good clay, I landed in good quality hands, and that's why what can. So I think everyone, you know, to succeed, you need you need that porter with good hands. You need a mentor. You need a, a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You need people who be honest with you and tell you you're messing up when you are, because sometimes when you don't have those people, you you go on to mess up without knowing, and and you lose the way. and And this world is not kind. Many people don't get a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance. You mess up, you're gone. You know, and whereas if you're in good, in a good space with good people, they tell you before you fall into that big trap yeah. <laughs> that there's a big trap. It's yes. coming. And this is how how it works. This is how you make sure you don't get there. And maybe when you get into some trap, there's someone who's waiting because they know you're worth investing in, and they hold your hand and take you out. So, so there's people who've made it happen. There's the hard work. There's the willingness to learn. There's the humility to ask questions, and there's humility to 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 accept that I don't know it, 
and, and I can listen to other people. All that has helped, but also being at the right place at the right time. You, you mentioned something quite interesting a bit earlier on about how you have been able to navigate the academic world and, and yeah. be a success at it. What is it about the academic world specifically that is unique in terms of knowing the rules and what you have to navigate in order to get there, wherever there is? Yeah, yeah, good question, yeah. Nikiwa. It's, it's opaque. You know, this business is opaque. Nobody tells you. And it's not, it's not surprising that it's, it's taken so long to, to transform because nobody sits down and says, this is how you develop a new module. No, you know, it's like you can develop. I mean, I got to it. It's like you can develop a new module. I was like, wow, I can be doing this, like structure a new course, you know, but, but it's your business. So you have to be in the right space. You have to be able to ask questions. You've got, otherwise, you can sit and not even develop anything. Everyone goes into their space and does their thing. It's a very individualized business. She's always been very clear about what she wanted to achieve. Her career has taken a carefully crafted route. I think I've I've figured out very early in my career the difference between a career and a job. What's my career and what's the job? So I always describe myself as an academic. Many people in my position don't. But for me, even now, I'm an academic first and then I'm an executive. That's a subset of this big thing. And and I have to credit Professor Edla for making this very clear to me because she's one one professor who's always said, I don't want to be in management. Mm-hmm. And she's A-rated, she said she's made a choice very that's not what she wants to do. And I, I decided that's what I want to do. Sure. As, as much as I want to be an academic. Yes. You know, so, so I've I've always been clear the, these two things, this is how they work, but I've thought to be a good manager in the, in the university, mm-hmm. you've got to be a good academic. Because how else do I tell people what to do if I don't yes. know it? Yes. You know, yes. I, I've never walked the journey. So how do I tell you how to get rated when, when I don't even know what that, that takes? Yeah. And I'm very reflective, you know. Mm-hmm. People don't realize because I in, there's a part of me that talks a lot. <laughs> but I actually quite like looking at people. And that's yeah. why I write a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. Because I, I, I like looking at people. I reflect on my thinking. Mm-hmm. I... I always ask myself, why am I doing this? Why now? Why whatever? People tell me now that I'm wasting my time. I should be vice chancellor. Mm-hmm. I know why I'm doing this now. Okay, I don't just want to be vice chancellor. I don't just want to be vice chancellor of anything. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very easy to do that. For sure. If I wanted that, I would have been one a long time ago. Okay, so it's a choice. And many people don't think in that way. It's not about money. So I've always made clear, I, I understand what the difference between career and a job. I'm not interested in pursuing money. I want to have depth in my knowledge, in my experience. And, and I, don't, I don't want to make a mess up. People get surprised. This is, UNICEF is the second university, and I've been in academia for more than 20 years. People like me move around a lot because we get called every day. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wants you're you. You're rare. You're rare, mm-hmm. you know. But but I've chosen not to move. Mm-hmm. But it's because I'm building something. So I've got I've got there's a grand vision. Mm-hmm. And there's things I always say to myself, what is it that I wanna do before I retire? Yeah. And will I be comfortable not being vice chancellor before I retire? If it doesn't happen, yes I will be. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely sure if the history of mathematics education is to be written in this country, my name will be all over it. And that's what I want. That's what makes me happy. You know, it's not being vice chancellor for me is not the big deal. I feel like anyone can be that. There are many people who become vice chancellors of different universities who haven't been necessarily top of the pops academics. But for me, the big deal is this that I say, well, if I die today, the history of maths education is written 10 years from now. My name will be on it. And that gives me peace. Her passion and focus of research is around how maths is taught 
and learned, and she's emphatic about it. And I'm at that stage where I'm working on the strategy and I've tried it in different classrooms because we've got to come up with a solution to say, what do we do? And that's where I am and that's what's grasping my, my attention at the moment. I'm and I think it will do that it. for a long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious about it. I mean, uh, there has been a groundswell of this knowledge over the past few years that yeah. if people are taught in their mother tongue, they're yeah. likely to grasp math yes. much better. Yes. And is, is that, in your view, the way to go? Is that taking hold in our country, or are you still looking at that? That's ideal. Yeah. That's ideal. Yeah. But you see, my research shows that the parents want English, the children want English, the, the teachers want English. Now, you're in a context where people want English, Research said if you teach them in their own language, things are better. And and you've done the research. It it is true, right? So and and so in my strategy, I said, what do you do? So this this is about politics. The fact that people want access to English, it's not about mathematics. Mm, It's about access to social goods. It's because English gives them a particular status. Especially with our history. With our history, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So how do you take the politics of language? into consideration as much as you take into consideration what research brings forward in terms of the pedagogic benefits or cognitive benefits of teaching. So my strategy brings the two together. And and, and so the strategy is, is about using the learners' home languages deliberately, proactively, and strategically. Okay, But we use both languages. We use both English. And, so everything they get in writing is in English and in, in their home language. So they, 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 they feel that they are not losing access to English, but they have their home language to give them support. The next big challenge for this very accomplished scientist is the University of Cape Town. Her appointment comes at a time when universities are under scrutiny for their lack of transformation. To scoop Professor Pakeng is a coup for UCT. I'm excited and it's scary because people people have lots of expectations of me. UCT is a high-performing university, research-wise. They, they, they're always number one. Um, from, from the data that I've seen, the big challenge at UCT is, is transforming the cohort of researchers. So who's producing the outputs? But, but you want to do that at the same time as sustaining what's there. You don't want to break down what's yeah. there. So, so I'm hoping to consolidate, sustain what's there, and then transform, transform it. So bring new voices into the space. So in terms of looking, just when I get in, um, I, I would like to see the, the, the data, but I also like to see it broken down also into race, into who's producing, so that we get a sense, are the women producing, and if they're not, why? And how can we make sure that what kind of support do we give to ensure that the women produce. So, so it, it's those things, I think, as, as a start that, that, that one would be, would be looking at. Her enthusiasm and ebullience for life is evident. She's also very active on social media under the moniker Fab Academic, or sometimes uses the hashtag the revenge of the boring chick. I assure you, there's nothing boring about Professor Baking, who leaves me with this pearl of wisdom. I take care of myself. I, I think that's the big thing. You've got to take care of yourself. You only have one you. And it's a one lifetime. And you don't want to regret one day when you're 60. That's certain things that you could have taken care of when you were 27. You didn't. So take care of yourself. And taking care of yourself means that watching what you eat, what you drink, what you do, who you hang out with. I mean, there are things that I don't do because I'm like, not on my body. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and call me whatever you like, but I easily do that, that I don't, I don't do this because 
I'm a queen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and I, and, I, and I think that that's very important. I think it's also an important message for young people because people think, well, you're young, you know, you only live once. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You only live once, but that's the very good, very important reason why you shouldn't mess it up. Exactly. Because many things you can't correct. You, you, we can't rewind on life. It's gone. It's gone.